everyone. Welcome to the Women Talk Construction Podcast, where we discuss women in construction and other non-traditional careers. My name is Christy Powell, and I'm with my co-host, Angela Gardner. Thank you for joining us today. The intro and outro music is all original music from Justin Fox. He plays with the music acts Foxy J and The Jury and Chasing Vixen. Their music is featured on all social media sites and streaming services. Please check out his music online and at a venue near you. Hello, everyone. This is Women Talk Construction, and we are talking about authenticity and vulnerability today. Some big topics and um, heavy words, but I'm sure we've all ex- all have experienced it through our journey of our careers, and I'm sure you have, Christy. Yeah, definitely vulnerability. Mm. Well, for me, it was figuring out that I guess authenticity, vulnerability, for me means, um, and I think for many people maybe, but for me right now means that I was I figured out that I was very challenged. I could not ask for help for some reason, and so. I had to learn how to do that later on. And that wasn't so much in my professional life. I did that in my professional, but in my personal. But, you know, as we all know, personal stuff does bleed into our professional lives a lot. And, you know, that was just even asking my peers for help or guidance when it came to, you know, job searches or defining what I wanted to do with my career next or where my passions lied because I, I think in my 40s, my early 40s, I came to a point where I just I wasn't really happy anymore. I didn't have a passion. I didn't have the drive. And so um, finally, when I discovered how to ask for help, those conversations started. How about you? I avoided authenticity like it was a plague. I was vulnerable, but I didn't let anybody know I was vulnerable. And for some reason, I thought I had to be invincible because I was in a career where I was surrounded by males. And um, I felt like I really had to fit in to their, their space instead of trying to be myself and being vulnerable and asking questions. Now, I've always been a good question asker, but I never asked questions that made me not look intelligent. So the things I really needed to learn, I wasn't willing to ask. I wasn't willing to ask for help. Um, I felt like I had to prove something. And to be honest, until I started to, I reached out to you actually um, on social media. And until I put myself in a vulnerable place to ask what do you think about this? I didn't even know who you were, but I knew you were a female in the industry. Um, and it was, it was really, it was a nervous place for me to switch roles. And I wanted to know what you thought about it, you know, because I saw you on LinkedIn. I knew that you, you were really good at marketing. I knew you were really good at business development. And I thought, well, maybe she'll answer me. Um, if I just asked, just just ask her a question. And that was probably the most vulnerable I've ever been in my career. Honestly, I always felt like I was proving something. So when you came back with the answer and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, why not? And I thought to myself, that is so my response to everything. Well, why not? 
of course you can do it. Yeah. What do you got to lose? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that kind of, that was the, that was really kind of my first jump towards, Hey, it's all right to ask for help. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just a kind of a trigger. I was tired of being somebody that wasn't me. And, you know, I was pretending to fit in. I was pretending to be what everybody expected me to be, whether it be a customer or my family. And I think that until you dig deep into self-awareness, you're not going to grow. And once I dug into the self-awareness, I was like, "Mm, I really don't know where to go from here, but I didn't like where I was. So it's got to go up, you know? It's got to be better. So my growth actually started there, and um, now I'm addicted to growth. So if I'm not pushing myself to do something bigger and better, um, I feel like I'm not doing anything, and I'm more vulnerable and authentic than I've ever been. And it has been so fruitful, not only for me, but even more importantly, as you know, Angela, I love helping people. Yes. So my vulnerability and authenticity has allowed me to be able to serve others in a way that I couldn't have done with my pride. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a wonderful feeling, right? To be able to help others. Yes. Find their passion. Right. And I didn't even know I had a problem with pride. Like it's not that I intentionally woke up in the morning and said, I'm going to be prideful today and I'm not going to ask for help. That wasn't how it worked. It's just one of those things that I want to be better. How can I be better? And and when you start thinking like that, then things start coming to you and you start learning from them. And then you you turn into a sponge. Oh, I want more. I want more. I want more. And I really thought that if I um, was authentic, people wouldn't like me. If everybody knew who I really was, they wouldn't like me. And it was really interesting to find out that when people knew my real junk stuff, whatever you want to call it, they still liked me <laughs> and a lot, not just a little bit. So that's, that's kind of, that was kind of my wake up call, but the authenticity and um, vulnerability lesson that I learned has really helped me with a lot of women who are in our industry or in any non-traditional career, really encourage them, you know, do some self-growth, find out who you are, find out what you want, what's your passion, and then chase it. Don't be somebody you're not just because you have to fit in or you want to make this much money or you want to be like someone else, be yourself because that is the best you. And you are the best you can be for others when you are yourself. Right. Because you're building relationships built on trust, right? Right. Yeah. And that's where it's trust starts is being authentic. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder if a study's ever been done when people actually start to learn that that's a better road to take. You know, I know that with the Brene Brown I love her books out. That's kind of shed a lot of light on it in her TED talk. So, yeah, I think that helped too. Um, I, I listened to a lot of Brene podcast and her books. And 
just listen to her perspective about it because she was in the same boat. I think if we all want to sit back and look at it, go backwards and say, oh, I might've had a little of that too. I think we would all be there. I think our time there might be different. You know, everybody's length of time that they're in that space of, you know, not wanting to ask for help and not wanting to be authentic. Um, not letting people know who you are really as, as a person, it's almost like you put up a facade, but I think everybody's journey is a little bit different as far as the length of time that it goes on, but listening to her and her story, um, helped me really to be who I, I really am because when she shares the story, she shares all the experiences that came along afterwards. And, um, you already know, but honestly, I've had the most impactful blessing of a life since I chose to be who I am, you know, who God made me. So, um, but yeah, listening to Brene Brown was really good for me because her perspectives are real. She is authentic and she is vulnerable. And that's really the key to all of it, according to her. Yes. I love Brene Brown. So the definition of vulnerability is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Conversation tells me that the reason we're not being vulnerable is because we are afraid. Yeah. We're fearful of what's going to happen if people think we're vulnerable and we're not this big, tough, you know, I can handle anything type of girl. Yeah, I can definitely see that in myself and in the past and until I discovered self-awareness like yourself and self-reflection. Yeah. Self-care. I think it's really good to tell um, the younger generation, too, that something I didn't know, and I think that's probably why I did stay in fear a lot of times, everybody has stuff. I used to think I was the only one that had stuff. It's not true. It doesn't matter if you meet the president of the United States or you meet um, a refugee. We all have stuff and we all put on our pants the same way every morning. And I wish somebody would explain that to me a lot better. I don't think I would have been living in fear of my past or fear of my choices. You know, not we all make bad choices in life, right? At some point in time or another. But nobody ever told me, hey, everybody makes bad choices. It's okay. Like the biggest thing is you pick yourself back up, you dust yourself back off and you keep moving and learn from it, do something better, move forward and don't waller in it. I've never been a wallower really. So that's always been good. I just pick myself, dust myself off and do the same thing wrong again, (laughs) but it would have been really helpful. And that's why I'm mentioning it. Um, Yeah. Just know that if you make a mistake, everybody does and it's okay. It doesn't matter how big or how small failure is growth. Every time I fail, I think to myself, I'm going to learn something from this and it's going to be good. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it wasn't until, I mean, I didn't really experience a lot of failures until later in my career, say in when I was in my 40s, late 30s, and of course, going through the Great Recession, that was, I mean, it wasn't failure, but it, it certainly was stressful. So um, when I did experience failure, 
no one had taught me how to deal with that. So I had to learn how to deal with that. And I did grow from it. And I certainly took opportunity to learn from it by reading books or, you know, looking things up online or reaching out to mentors or friends or peers or taking time just to take a breath. Right. So, and that's what I really want the, you know, younger generation here too, because we live in such a fast paced world where everything is coming at you all the time. And that's sometimes just a needed thing is just to take a step back and pause, take a walk, walk through the forest or, you know, take just a 15 minute walk or breather or I don't know, stretch. So, yeah. And men, you know, I think they've been raised over all these years to, to be strong. And so they don't, they don't really understand. I'm not saying all of them, but they don't really understand the benefits of being authentic and vulnerable in their life. And I just want to tell them right now, we as females appreciate the fact when you're vulnerable and um, authentic with us. And I think men in general, I've seen the younger generation, um, my daughter's age, I've seen those age men are really stepping up to that, uh, being authentic and vulnerable and and they're seeing a lot more happiness and a lot more joy in their lives, not only in their family, but in their career. So I want to encourage that if to anybody that's listening, um, whether you're a female or a male, just be who you are and don't be afraid to be yourself. I, I think now more than ever, people are really listening to that and they're seeing the benefits from it, just like I have in the last few years. So um, I think it's important and we, we really appreciate it when you're authentic and vulnerable. A lot of the men that we're going to be talking to on this podcast, the reason we became friends is because they were authentic and vulnerable and those friendships have turned into some amazing um, initiatives. Those friendships have turned into some amazing roundtables where we're making a big difference in the skilled workforce. And um, I just can't say enough about those men that are really out there saying, Hey, I work with women. They're really good at what they do. They're making some really good money. They enjoy what they do. They're not breaking their back. That's not what construction is about. It's just been cool to hear them being cheerleaders for us. And if they weren't being authentic and vulnerable, then it would make this a little, this conversation that you and I are having right now much harder. I don't know that I would have had the courage to do it. So to hear those men stand up and say, I need women at my job site. I need women in my office. Do you know more women? I want to hire more women. They're organized. They're detailed. It's really cool to hear that vulnerability. And those types of organizations are growing. Mm-hmm. Their sales are their sales are rocking. The men that I know that have chosen to, to take that route, they're successful, very successful. And that's been exciting to see. Mm-hmm. So have you discovered, um, Christy, that I think this is true, that there are, there are a lot of men out there that do support us, but they don't verbally say it. And, or maybe even sometimes their actions are definitely say it, but not verbally. So I think that even doing just that too, which we're seeing from a lot of our peers. And I mean, it's amazing to see them uplifting women, men, everyone in our industry and we're doing it together. Yes. I love the shout outs. 
And honestly, I think that I've gotten better at it because other people have shouted out for me. And even though I don't like the spotlight, it's such a good feeling to know that what you've done has been good for somebody else. And it makes me want to do the same for other people. We're not comfortable giving people compliments and we're not comfortable taking compliments. But honestly, if you're good at, if somebody you work with is really good at what they do and telling them they're really good at what they do or any kind of positive feedback, I think is it's more valuable than we ever put on it, right? Like I didn't think it was valuable and I didn't even want to hear compliments. But when I got rid of that shell I had on and started getting compliments, I was, you know, I found myself starting to feel better about a lot of things, right? Did you have to learn how to take a compliment? Because I did. (laughs) I still am. I told you the other day that that last shout out, I don't even remember what it was about today, but I literally went through an entire day so emotional because at one point everybody was shouting out to me and I wanted to be under a rock and then I'd come up from the rock and then I'd beat my chest like an ape, right? Like I, we did it kind of thing. And then I'd go back under my rock, like, please don't talk about me anymore. So it's tough. I mean, it's, yeah. it's tough to take a compliment, but I think we need to get used to it because this uplifting and building up of one another is the key to our whole country being a better place. Right. We should do compliment men too, right? Right. Absolutely. And men, I, I think women in general are better at that. I think we were made to, you know, we, we were, we were made to raise children. Right. And, and um, I think that's kind of a natural desire of ours is to let our children know that you're doing well and you're succeeding, but I don't think as it is as natural. I think back in, you know, years ago, I think men in general were like, I mean, I think their, their normal was be tough, play sports, do this, do that. And that's it. You can't cry. You know, I've, I've heard people in my own family say, you can't cry. Hmm. You're not allowed to cry. And we just have to get past that. They were wrong. I've done, a, we've done a lot of things in my generation that that's been wrong too. And I think part of it is like, we all have this, this is the way we've always done it kind of attitude. And unless we start seeing people where they are and trying to understand them, instead of sticking to this, this is the way we've always done it. And I'm always going to do it this way. I don't see anything changing, but when we open our eyes to other people's feelings and other people's place where they're at, we see a lot of things differently. I used to think that it was impossible to talk to people in their twenties. I struggled with that a lot. And when I took the time to get to know someone in their twenties really well, intimately, I understood them better. And now I seem to be able to talk to all of them. So I think it's just a matter of us just taking that shell off and opening up and saying, Hey, I'd like to know more about you. So did you find a quote, Christy? I did find a quote. So vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome. Brene Brown. Love it. Yeah, I love that. And I would never have done that for anything 10 years ago. There was no way I was going to do anything that I couldn't control the outcome of. And just think of how the how I think back now how many things I limited myself to. 
Oh, yeah. When we, when we think we can't control it, we certainly do limit ourselves. And the one thing that I did learn is I don't, I can't control anything. I can just work around it and find solutions or. Right. Well, this was a good, good talk about authenticity and vulnerability. And I'm really looking forward to our next podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about leadership and what we've done to help us grow in our authenticity and vulnerability and some other areas in our industry. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about what we do for fun. So um, stay tuned and we can't wait to talk with you again. this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Talk Construction podcast with your hosts, Christy Powell and Angela Gardner. See you next time.